Welcome to the chalkboard, my fellow football nerds, for episode number 92 of Chalk Talk, brought to you by the Painted Lines. I'm your host Shane Half, and you can follow me on Twitter at half and half underscore TPL. I'm joined tonight by the best co-host in the game. You've heard him on the Tough Cover Radio Show. It is Mark Henry Jr. Give him a follow on Twitter at Mark Henry Jr. underscore Mark. Super Bowl week. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, I can't believe how long this week and a half or whatever it's been since last since the NFC Championship has felt. Um, I was in college the last time the Eagles made the Super Bowl, and maybe I had some other distractions, I'll say. Uh, but uh, definitely didn't feel this long uh, in between the NFC Championship against the Vikings and the Patriots Super Bowl. But, man, this is excruciating. Get me to Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. I I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. But even more, even more earth-shattering than this being a Super Bowl preview show for the Eagles – is the fact that the the viewers on YouTube, they get to see your face tonight. We've got Mark on camera for the Super Bowl preview show. How about that? Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. I was on Birds of the Roundtable, so I was like, all right, let me make sure that I'm in the right spot uh, that I have to be tonight to get to the camera. And uh, it was still still was a bit of a journey in the first 10 minutes of Birds of the Roundtable, but uh, we're here for Chalk Talk, so that's that's all that counts. Yeah, the last time I saw Mark's face, it did not have a beard. So the playoff beard's <laughs> coming in nice. Yeah, it's it's actually at the point where it's like officially very annoying. Um, like I want to get rid of it, but I'm like, if if I shaved today and then the Eagles lost, I'd never forgive myself. So got to keep the playoff beard in, until until Sunday night. All right. Well, let's dive into it. We've only got one game to cover about. I'm not going to tell you that it won't take an hour because we all know that's probably a lie. We've been here before, but we'll just dive in and see where the show takes us. Uh, For the listeners at home, I I tweeted this out earlier this week, but I normally have two sections in my notes. Uh, Eagles offense versus opponents defense and then vice versa. I have 10 sections in my notes for tonight, so... Uh, I probably won't get through all of them tonight even. I'll probably save a few for uh, one more preview show that will come out later this week with Johnny Page from BGN. But uh, we're going to get you a bunch of good stats, relevant information here. So, Mark, let's start off. And let's talk Eagles offense against the Chiefs defense. And let's start out talking about the running game. The running game is going to be a big thing uh, here, especially for the Eagles Uh Per Football Perspective on Twitter tweeted this out, that in 17 games that Jalen Hurts has played this year, the Eagles have rushed for more yards than they have allowed passing yards. And more impressive than that, they have rushed for more yards per carry than they have allowed net yards per passing attempt. And that's just an insane stat to me, and it encapsulates how good this Eagles rushing attack has been all year. And we've talked about that, that the Eagles are a multifaceted team, and a lot of the other top teams aren't. So Eagles running game, Mark, do you see them having success against the Chiefs? Do you see this being a focal point of the game? What do you expect from the Eagles' ground attack? Yeah, I do. Uh, And I think that that's one of the most important matchups of this whole game is the Eagles' running game. And um, obviously you have multiple options. I mean, you have Jalen, obviously, whether that be in short yardage situations, whether that be designed runs, or whether that be improvisationally. And then obviously you've got Miles Gainwell, and maybe you'll even see some Boston Scott. Um, the interesting thing here is Casey is not good against the run. Um, I think that the numbers actually show 
I think the numbers lie a little bit when, when you're seeing them as a middle of the road run defense because uh, it, due to game script, they're up in so many games that people have to throw the ball a lot more than they'd like to against that defense. But I don't think that'll be the case here. I don't think that they'll be up early. Um, so I do think that we will be able to run the ball and kind of play to our pace and control the tempo. Um, and if the Chiefs want to stop the run, then they can do that. The problem with that is they'll have to do, they'll have to devote resources to that that will greatly affect them when we pass the ball or when we go to play action. Um, so, sure, if, if the Chiefs want to devote resources to stopping the run and making sure we're getting under four yards per carry, so be it. But you're going to be leaving Brown or Smith on an island with a rookie or you'll be leaving Goddard wide open and with a mismatch. So um, that's – I mean, this is the same stuff we've been talking about all year. This is the numbers game that the Eagles offense forces you to play. And it's what makes it such an amazing offense, even though I think, I think because Mahomes is so good, it almost feels like people are talking about the Eagles offense. Like it's a crappy offense. And it's like, well, if it's a high scoring game, the chiefs win. Well, the Eagles were second in offensive DVOA this year. Um, And the reason is Jalen gives you such a high floor with his legs. Jalen has improved so much as a passer. And obviously he's improved so much as a passer because he's got two top 15 receivers in the NFL and a top five tight end in the NFL alongside of a historic offensive line unit. And these are just the numbers games that, you know, Shane Steichen, Nick Sirianni and the Eagles offense present to you. And I don't think that the chiefs defense is any better equipped to deal with that than the Niners defense or the giants defenses were. Yeah. We got a comment coming in from Robert on YouTube says, looking forward to watching later. I'm at work. Thank you guys. Uh, please don't get fired on account of Chalk Talk. We will be here for you to watch on our cave, but we, we do appreciate you dropping in. Uh, and to your point, Mark, you're exactly right. You know, the Chiefs are eighth in rushing yards allowed this season, but they're 32nd in run-stop win rate. And so this is not a team that's good, really, at stopping the run. It, it speaks to the game script. And, oh, by the way, the Eagles are second in run-block win rate. So we're talking a huge mismatch. Uh, in addition to that, the, the Chiefs ran a light box on 47% of their snaps in the regular season. They're up to a 75% light box rate in the playoffs. Now, granted, you, you face Trevor Lawrence and you face Joe Burrow. Jalen Hurts is near that level. Well, he, he's near the level of a Joe Burrow. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, you know, second year, first real year. It's hard to know exactly where we're at with Lawrence. But mm-hmm. the thing is, with the Eagles offense, you mentioned the numbers game. Would you like to play a light box and allow the Eagles to run the ball all over you? Be my guest. Would you like to be plus one in the box? The Eagles will still run all over you because you have to account for Jalen Hurts in the running game. Plus one in the box is a neutral box for the Eagles. And so if you really want to devote yourself to stacking the box, you're saying, as we, I guess, sort of transition to the passing game here, you're saying that you're comfortable with three of your secondary members being rookies and being on an island against Devonta Smith, A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard even, that's just not a winning formula. And so the Eagles can put you in binds offensively. Um, The Chiefs had five rookies play 25% of the snaps on defense in the AFC Championship game. In Dime, they were at four of their six defensive backs were rookies. Now, I believe Legereus Sneed is supposed to come back for this game, so that'll take one of those guys off the field. But they had 418 snaps played by rookies in the AFC title game, which is the most in a win this season. 11 of the 53 guys on their roster are rookies. 
And it's not just one game. If you look at the whole season, like Chiefs rookies have 4,087 snaps from rookies. The Eagles have 989 snaps from rookies played this season. And so it is a defense that, and it's a Super Bowl. They've played all season. It's not like they're rookies in their first game, but there's inexperience there. And you're going up against some stud receivers that really, really good secondaries have had a hard time stopping. Uh, so, Mark, talk to me about the Eagles passing attack against the Chiefs defense. What do you expect to see there? Yeah, I think that the two X factors that I'll take a look at are uh, one obvious one in A.J. Brown. Um, the, the Chiefs are 31st in DVOA against number one receivers. Um, that I, I think so. Was it announced today that Legarius is definitely playing? Basically, that that was. I think he said he was cleared from concussion protocol. Yeah. So I would assume he will play. There's no reason he wouldn't. So even with that, the 31st in DVOA, he played the whole year. So um, it would have been nice, obviously, to be going against three rookies. But even with Snead out there, I think Brown has a mismatch um, in terms of whoever he's going against um, size-wise in this Chiefs secondary. Um, and then the other the other place that I'll look is Kenny Gainwell. Um, the Chiefs have proven to be vulnerable uh, in the passing game to running backs, and they have shown uh, the third down snap breakdown is staggering towards Gainwell. Um, so I, I think that they will be using game, Gainwell as part of the game plan um, in terms of getting the ball to him in space. Um, it feels like they've been using him in the backfield as a running threat a lot more recently uh, than they were uh over the before the last three games um they haven't used him as much as a receiving threat as maybe i would like um but i think that that changes in this game due to the weakness of the chiefs uh passing game or passing defense i should say and so the chiefs obviously they have chris jones he's in the running for defensive player of the year i believe Uh, his pass rush win rate of 21 percent ranked first among defensive tackles uh he wrecked havoc in the AFC championship game. Do you think he's going to pose a problem for the Eagles offensive line? So I have a fun stat here. No, I don't. I am. I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> confident. I'm pretty confident that this is not, I mean, he'll maybe a lot of sack, maybe he'll get a couple of pressures, but I don't think that he'll wreak havoc on this game. And I have a fun, fun little stat because, uh, been a lot of talk about Chris Jones. Uh, maybe he's the best defensive player in the NFL. Maybe he's taken over Donald's spot and all that stuff. Fun little fact, Javon Hargrave rushed the passer 432 times for the defensive tackle alignment this season, compared to 524 for Chris Jones. Hargrave had one more sack and six more pressures and 92 less snaps from D-tackle than Chris Jones did. No one's talking about Javon Hargrave. Javon Hargrave might not be one of the first five names you'd mention on this Eagles defense. So to me, that denotes the difference between these two defensive lines. Sure, you've got a Chris Jones – or. What's the I, I you're I think you're a bigger comic book guy than me. Uh, the Avengers. What's the we have a Hulk. It's like, yeah, yeah you, you have a Chris Jones, but we have five of them, basically. Like we have five Chris Jones. So, yeah, um, not that, that that's obviously reductive of Chris Jones. Chris Jones is a really good player. But I just think that you can devote a lot of resources to that because there's not exactly anyone else besides Karloftis that scares me whatsoever. And Karloftis hasn't been some ultra productive sack guy anyway. So. Um, I, I think that they have very good players on defense, but they are nowhere near as deep on defense uh, as the Eagles are, especially on the D-line. Yeah, and that's really stood out. If you've watched any of the Super Bowl media coverage, the media day stuff, and 
the Eagles have so many superstars that they can put at podiums. They've got Javon Hargrave, Hassan Reddick, Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat, Darius Slay, James Bradbury, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, and that's just on defense, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Jalen Hurts, Dallas Goddard, and the Chiefs have George Karloftis at a podium. And like, it's just, and that's not reductive of George Karloftis. Yeah, guy you, you know and I how, both liked in the him. draft. Yeah, uh, yeah, he was a top ten player, I believe, on both of our boards. I think he was like five for me. <laughs> yeah, uh, I could check that later. But you just look at these rosters, and they're just, and we'll get into this later. But they're just nowhere near the same. And so Chris Jones, obviously, he wrecked the Bengals game. He did it primarily rushing against the Bengals' right tackle because Lyle Collins was out. I've got news for you. If you want to rush against the Eagles' right tackle, you are not going to make much headway. Lane Johnson, one of the best in the league. Uh, if you want to kick him out to left tackle against Jordan Mailata, Jordan Mailata is good against power rushers. He struggles against speed guys, and Chris Jones is a defensive tackle who sometimes moonlights as an edge rusher. So you're going to rush him from the interior where Landon Dickerson, Jason Kelsey, Isaac Sayamalo is a really good Group, I think you probably try to get him rushing on Sayamalo and try to occupy Kelsey. Um, but they like to rush, you know, particularly they like to rush the passer with like a really wide nine alignment. Their defensive tackles is like four techniques, and you can run all day on that. They can only get in that alignment if you're in third and long. So if the Eagles stay ahead of the sticks, at least in neutral downs. I just don't think the Chiefs' pass rush is going to make a big impact. They're 15th in the league in team pass rush win rate. Their best player on the defensive line, on the defense as a whole, is at a place where the Eagles are perfectly equipped to handle him. And so I'm not saying Chris Jones will make no impact in the game, but I do think the Eagles are very well equipped uh, to handle the biggest punch the Chiefs can throw on defense. And that's not true when we get to the Chiefs' offense against the Eagles' defense. They're not equipped to handle the Hassan Reddick punch at right tackle, but we'll get into that in a minute. So let me ask you this, Mark. Um, since Jalen Hurts has returned from injury, I'll give you a few stats for you here. Since returning from injury, he's 3 of 10 on deep passes. Uh, 2 of 10 if you counted the incorrect ruling on Devonta Smith's 4th and 3 as an incompletion. Uh, it wasn't technical. I mean, it was a catch. It shouldn't have been a catch. Whatever. Uh, per, per pro football reference, he has five games this season where he has had over 15% of his throws graded as bad throws, and it's the last five games he's played. Now, if you look at offensive success rate, they've been below league average four times this season, and three of those were in the last four games. And so uh, there's a school, there's twin schools of thought, and I'll let you pick your side here, but one school of thought is that there's something to the injury, balls coming out high, uh, some inaccuracy downfield, Maybe some chemistry issues, timing issues from not practicing, Devon, or A.J. Brown hamstring issue, whatever. It's just not there. Or is this just a small sample size and it's noise that comes from a Week 18 vanilla game plan and two blowout playoff performances where you really didn't need to do much? Yeah, I you know what camp I'm in, and it's very much the latter. Um, I very much think that trying to make – negative takeaways on the passing games in a, in a 31 to seven win and a 38 to seven win. It, I think it's, I think it's a fool's game in my opinion. I think that, you know, you're, you're talking about something where 
game script very clearly dictated what happened in those games offensively. In my opinion, I think they would have taken more shots and Jalen would have had more chances to, to connect on big plays. And, um, you know, ultimately it's such a small sample size, 24 passes in the first playoff game, 25 in the second. Um, so we went 31 for 49 over the last two games. And we're really talking about 18 incompletions. And I think that's just such a small sample size. And I don't think, you can make any generalizing sweeping, I should say gen, sweeping generalizations about how healthy Jalen is. And by the way, this isn't me saying Jalen's hundred percent healthy. No doubt about it. I'm just saying that I guess I'm not interested in having that conversation because I don't think it's quantifiable. Um, I, I don't necessarily know what his, and then also it's another thing where it's been two weeks now. Like it, it has been two weeks since they played a game and they obviously protected him uh, very much outside of that one drive where they ran him a lot and it seems like and i actually heard this i don't know i almost want to hear i heard it from maybe brian baldinger um he said i think he said that uh he thought that that was just a message to whoever was in the super bowl he thought that they were just putting that on tape just to show that they weren't afraid to run hurts um and that it will be like the full menu with hurts next week um to, to make casey or cincy at that time um prepare for it if they were to win the afc championship so that is interesting. It's uh, when they were doing that in the game, I was kind of like, "What's going on here? Why are we running hurts that's, every play?" But that's interesting because I would almost argue you should do the opposite. You so should not only run. Yeah. You should only run hurts if you're. It's like that's kind of like the empty of the playbook. Like the game where you're winning in a blowout is where you line up and do the onside kick that you don't actually want to do, but you want to put it on tape and make teams prepare for it. Or the, the, the alternate look to the QB, the trick play, the double pass that you're never going to run in the Super Bowl, but you want to make people prepare for Like I would almost think like if, man, if he's healthy and we want to run him, but we're in a blowout here, let's just not. So teams think he can't. That's interesting though. It is interesting. It almost makes you think the other way, uh, which argues yeah. against my my thought process but except that way you would never just like run him if he's yeah, not healthy because you can't run him in the super bowl so i don't know that it's weird it is it's an interesting thought and i hadn't thought about it until i heard it but yeah that was definitely a weird drive like they there's whatever <laughs> something was going on there like whatever the case may be there was definitely something strategically going on there so we're up like 28 7 when they did that i think or 21 hertz, 7 whatever it was hertz probably just was like calling audibles at the line he's like listen Actually, i can run the ball and you guys need to stop protecting me we're here to win a super bowl that's honestly what be. makes the most sense to me yeah it absolutely could be the case so okay well here's a couple uh defensive tendencies for the chiefs that i'll throw out there and then we can kind of pivot and talk about the Chiefs offense, Eagles defense. But uh, in the regular season, the Chiefs blitz 28% of their snaps. Obviously, blitzing has given Hurts issues, more so zone blitzing than man blitzing. And the Chiefs are a high man coverage team at 32%. It was the eighth highest uh, man cover rate in the NFL this season. So you man blitz Hurts. He just wants to make the guy miss and then run because everybody's back is to him, right? Zone blitzing has caused him more issues because eyes are on him. But the Chiefs have dropped their blitz rate from 28% to 14% in the postseason. Now, some of that may be a function of playing a Bengals offensive line that was so bad you didn't need to blitz. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't, I don't have a feel for if they're going to come out and blitz. I do think Spags is going to dial some things up here. Um, they run nickel on 54% of their snaps, dime on 19%, and base personnel on 22 
percent of their snaps and they only stack the box on 15 percent of their snaps that's dropped to five percent in the postseason they have not stacked the box against teams now they have not played a team that can run like the eagles uh, and then they run middle of field open coverage so two safeties over the top at the highest rate in the league 51 percent so again I, I look at what they like to do tendency wise and i just say it feels like this should be a big running game for the eagles yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think specifically it's a big running game for Jalen Hurts. Um, I think Jalen Hurts is going to be running the ball. Um, I said it on the last pod, but I like his over at 49 and a half rush yards. And even more so, I like the over at over 10 and a half attempts um, and the anytime touchdown, obviously. But um, I think Jalen Hurts running as I think that that's obviously always going to be his scariest weapon to the defense. And I think that it's the Super Bowl, and it's time to be guns blazing in the RPO offense and to not hold anything back, and I don't think they will. Um, I think that this this is going to be the fully weaponized version of Jalen Hurts's dual threat ability in this game. All right. Uh, anything else you want to say about Eagles offense before we start talking Chiefs offense versus Eagles defense? Let me take a look here. Uh, take a look here at the, at the stats, see if there's anything I'm missing. Uh, the pass defense ranks 28th in DVOA against running backs. I mentioned Gainwell. That's definitely something um, that I would watch out for. But um, you mentioned it on the last show, and I'm sure you have it somewhere built in here, but I think the red zone is going to decide this game. Um, and specifically, I think Andy Reid's settling for fourth down field goals and settling for go-for-it situations where maybe Sirianni would go for it. They take the three points. And, and I really – in my heart of hearts, believe that's going to cost the Chiefs the Super Bowl and it's going to win the Eagles the Super Bowl. The fourth down aggression, the red zone aggression, and the lack of it um, for Kansas City. Uh, and you look at the numbers, Kansas City's allowed a touchdown on 67.3% of opponent trips inside the 20-yard line. That is second worst in the NFL um, this season. On the other end, Philadelphia's offense scored touchdowns on 67.8% of red zone trips that ranks third in the NFL. That's strength on weakness. There's not a lot of strength on weakness matchups in this in Super Bowl. There shouldn't be. Um, but that is, in my opinion, the most glaring strength on weakness matchup in this entire Super Bowl. And I think it's going to be the deciding factor. Yeah. So you mentioned red zone touchdown percentage. Games are won and lost in the red zone. If you look at the offenses, Kansas City ranks second in touchdown percentage. The Eagles rank third. It's, it's kind of a wash. It's very close. But defensively, you mentioned it, the Chiefs defense is 30th, while the Eagles is 11th. And mm -hmm. so red zone plays a big key. And you mentioned the, the read factor. Uh, the Chiefs are not, they're not a forward-thinking organization in terms of the analytics and go for it. The Eagles are so aggressive, and the Chiefs are not. And generally... You know, over long periods of time, that always plays out in the favor of the aggressor. Now, in a one-game sample, maybe it doesn't, but you feel good about your odds there. You feel like uh, Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen are going to push the right buttons, and you feel like the Chiefs might not. And so I agree with you. I think that's a huge underrated thing uh, that people aren't talking about enough going into this game. And something was while staying on the Sirianni-Reed conversation – um, and, inter and I guess this this, this stretches to Hurts and Mahomes as well. Um, but I saw I found a couple stats about Super Bowl experience um, and how 
helpful that is and and for quarterbacks and coaching. So quarterbacks with Super Bowl experience facing a quarterback with no Super Bowl experience are only 19 and 15 um, in the in the 34 times that, that has happened in the Super Bowl. They're actually 16 and 18 against the spread. Um, then if you look at coaching, coaching experience in the Super Bowl truly does not matter. Uh, the coach that has more experience is 17 and 18 in the Super Bowl, 16 and 19 against the spread. And this is a this is for this specific situation. When the coach has a two plus Super Bowl experience gap, they are just 10 and 14 against a first time head coach in the Super Bowl. So I think you'll hear a lot on. I heard it this morning on Good Morning Football. You'll hear a lot of word vomit about how Super Bowl experience is going to be so beneficial to the Chiefs and how it's huge for Mahomes, how it's huge for Andy Reid. I don't buy it. I, I don't think that it matters at all, to be quite honest. And if anything, I, I think there might even be a little bit more juice when you're there for the first time and when it's not become old hat a little bit to you like like it has for Kansas City. But And there's also an argument that Kansas City played a little bit of a Super Bowl last week with the way that their players reacted on the podium about Burrowhead. So – um, I think that, uh, you know, uh, that's definitely something that I kind of kind of raise my eyes at the experience stats there. I would be fascinated to know why coaches that have been to two more Super Bowls lose the yeah. game more often. Like why? That doesn't make any sense to me. Well, but it's probably just as simple as their team's worse. Like most yeah. of the time, that's what it yeah, is. That's like, true. Yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, the Chiefs team is worse. But yeah, we'll get into that exactly. in a minute. Exactly. Um, on the experience thing, and I know you just said you don't think it matters a whole lot, and I'm not sure I disagree, but who would you say is the more experienced team? Like, this is the third Super Bowl in four years for the Chiefs, but they had 4,000 snaps from rookies, and the Eagles only had 900 this year. Like, I don't even know. Honestly, I don't know who I would say is the more experienced team. The Eagles are a more veteran team. The Chiefs have been to three of the last four Super Bowls, but a quarter of their roster wasn't even on the team then. It's very interesting where the Eagles, despite you know having not been since 2017 and the Chiefs there three of the last four years, the Eagles feel like the more veteran team to me. It's an entirely new secondary. It's an entirely new receiver room for Kansas City, an entirely new running back room, um, a, a, an entire new offensive line. I don't think any of these offensive linemen were on the team the last time they made the Super Bowl. Maybe Wiley. I know the other four are new. Um, so uh, you're talking about the Chiefs are mostly brand new. I'd actually be interested to look in how many Super Bowl experiences, how much Super Bowl experience they have. Um, but you're really talking about Mahomes, Kelsey, and Andy. That's that's the same pieces. And even the defense, like, I don't know how long. Chris Jones has been there a bit now. Frank Clark's been there a bit now. Um, but, like, Tyron Matthews gone. Um, th- there's another corner that's slipping my brain that they had during that run who's gone. Um, but, yeah, a lot of the pieces that they had in those first couple Super Bowls are not there anymore. So when when the Chiefs made 2020 was when they made the Super Bowl last, yeah. right? Yeah. Their offensive line was Eric Fisher, Calicio Simile, Austin Reeder, Andrew Wiley, who was playing right guard at the time. Yeah. And then Mitchell Swartz. So one offensive lineman who's not playing the same position. And and by the way, all the talk about Super Bowl experience, does that should that even count as positive Super Bowl experience in 2020? They got their they got their butts kicked. Like they, they were terrible in that game. And there were no if, fans yeah, if, there. It was like an entirely different experience too. Like if you look at their offense, it's Mahomes, 
Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who's not the starter anymore. I don't think he'll even play, yeah. Uh let's wide receiver. They had Nicole Hardman, He's Travis playing. Kelsey, and Andrew Wiley. Yeah. It's basically it's Mahomes, Kelsey, Wiley. Because I don't think Clyde will play a play a role and Hardman's out. Yeah. So you mentioned red zone. Let me bring up another one because games are one and loss on the red zone. They're one and loss with fourth down decision making. They're one and lost with turnovers, of which the Eagles commit very few. And they're one and lost on third downs. And if you look at the EPA per play on third downs, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs EPA per play on third down ranks first in the league, while the Eagles are at fourth. So again, Chiefs are slightly better offensively. But when you look at defense, the Chiefs' defense is 14th in third down EPA. The Eagles is second. So it feels like to me there's a running theme that the Chiefs are slightly better on offense. The Eagles are worlds better on defense. And so we can use that here to transition and Real talk quick. about the Eagles' defense against the Chiefs' offense. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, just before we get there, I just wanted to throw this out there because I would forget if I didn't. Um, another interesting stat along the same lines, and what you just said, if that's the case, that lines up well for the Eagles if this stat holds true. Regular score, regular season scoring doesn't seem to matter in the Super Bowl since teams that scored more points per game during the regular season are just 6-14 and 14 in the last 20 Super Bowl games. Um, Kansas City led the NFL in scoring this year at 29.2 points per game. But on the other hand, teams that allowed fewer points per game during the regular season have won the last seven Super Bowls outright. Defense wins championships. That it's It really is that simple. There we go. So let's talk about that Eagles defense versus the Chiefs offense. Let's start off with the Chiefs running game, which isn't anything special in my opinion. Isaiah Pacheco, I think he was a seventh-round pick, uh, has sort of become their lead back. Uh, the Clyde Edwards-Alaire injury helped that along, but – uh, Pacheco has 830 yards rushing on the season, five touchdowns, and then Clyde Edwards-Helaire, Jarek McKinnon, each in the you know close to 300 yards, couple of touchdowns. You get into the receiving game, which I guess we well, that's more the passing game. Jarek McKinnon makes a big impact. Uh, he single-handedly saved my fantasy season when I drafted. This is not a fantasy football podcast, but I drafted, I was really high on Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker, and I drafted them to be my running backs, and they were both awesome, and they both got hurt, and I had no running backs, and entered Jarek McKinnon, who saved my season. Uh, but I, Clyde Edwards-Alaire was activated from IR today, uh, and I believe Nicole Hardman went to IR, so they're going to swap spots. I don't expect Hilaire to play a lot in this game. I think he's running Please. back three. Please play him. He stinks. Yeah, yeah. Please play him. He's not any good. <laughs> I think he's an emergency running back three. But uh, Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon. Pacheco is a very tough runner. Uh, he will run through you. Uh, it, the Eagles will have to tackle well. But the guy that really scares me is, is Jarek McKinnon when we get into the passing game. But do you think the Eagles – or do you think that the uh, Chiefs, excuse me, will have success running on the Eagles in this game? Relatively, I mean, the, the way that our scheme is based is not a shut-down-the-run scheme. So they'll probably run for four yards per carry, like, uh, around that. I mean, maybe Pacheco has, like, 15 for 60. Uh, I think that's probably a pretty fair – I wonder what his number is. It's probably, like, 45.5 or something like that. That would probably be my guess. Um, they run for four yards per carry, but they don't really break anything more than 10 to 15 yards. 
um, which if that's the case, you probably take that. I think you're right, though. Um, it's not the running game, but the running back I'm concerned about is Jarek McKinnon in the passing game. I think he had like he had like 900 receiving yards this year. I I, I saw the number uh, a couple days ago, and I was like, whoa, that's that's pretty high. Not that I didn't know that. I know the last like six regular season weeks, he he scored 10 touchdowns and he became such a huge part of that offense. And I, I think I said it on this show. He almost brings to them a little bit of what Kareem Hunt brought to their to their passing game when he was uh, a rookie and a second year player in Kansas City in in the I think the last Alex Smith year and the first or second Mahomes year. Um, they haven't had that since then. And, and McKinnon. A little inconsistent in the playoffs, but has seemed to have given them that. Um, the one thing I will say is it seems like McKinnon was incredibly good when Mahomes was improving in, in the backfield. It seems like McKinnon was able to find uh, soft zones and McKinnon was able to find uh, spots that he could break free from his coverage from Mahomes scrambling around the pocket to find him on one of these crazy 30-yard sidearm in the back of the end zone plays that we see so much with Mahomes. I don't think we see that as much um, with Mahomes' injury. Uh, so obviously there's been two weeks. Maybe he comes out and looks you know perfect for all we know. Uh, but I don't think you see a lot of Mahomes scrambling. And I do think that might cut down on how dangerous McKinnon is because I do think – it was pretty evident that like, I think half of his touchdowns were broken plays um, down the stretch. So I, I think he's a really dangerous player when a play breaks. Yeah, he had nine receiving touchdowns, Jarek McKinnon. Mm-hmm. He had 512 receiving yards in the regular season. So uh, okay. uh, That's way 512 receiving yards. How many yards after catch do you think he had? Probably like four something, yeah. 541 he he had more yards after catch than actual yards so his average depth of target was behind the line of scrimmage that's insane that's insane to me that's Um, that's insane let me throw you this one on the eagles run defense so eagles run defense was notably bad at the start of the year right so the first 10 weeks of the season culminating in the washington loss what do you think the eagles ranked epa uh, per play against the run probably second or third well, so oh, 20, tw- yeah, it's 27th. So they were the 27th best, which I guess would be like the fifth worst. However you want to parse that. Okay, um, so you're saying all overall or that first 10 weeks? The first 10 weeks, yeah. again, their rush defense, EPA per rush, was 27th. So I, I thought you were asking after that. So what was it after week 10? Sixth. Yeah, I guess second or third. Yeah, I knew that and, it was a lot better, yeah. And similar for success rate went from 30th to also 6th. Yeah. So don't you know negate the fact that Howie Roseman was like, oh my gosh, we lost one game. I'm going to go sign Indomitian Sue and Linvolt Joseph to anchor this pass rush. Now, I do think there's something to be said for uh, I don't mind if the Chiefs run the football because yeah. any time that they stick the ball in the belly of a back – it is no longer in Patrick Mahomes' yep. hands. So I would not play a five-man front in this game at any point in time unless you're down and the Chiefs are trying to kill clock. Like, if you want to run the ball for four yards per carry and try to go on 15-play drives, be my guest. We will slow the game down. We will let you run the football. I would love to see that. So I don't think the Eagles are going to like sell out to stop the run. I think it would be kind of stupid if they did, uh, to be honest. So 
uh, that's kind of what I had on the run game. Do you have anything else you want to say on run game, run defense, before we move on to the real bread and butter, which is the Chiefs passing attack? No, no, and I can just start it off by saying uh, the the passing attack, the X factors, Andrew Wiley and Orlando Brown, because I don't think you're getting after the interior, the interior uh, offensive line for Kansas City. So it's on Josh Sweat, Hassan Reddick, and Brandon Graham. This game, pretty much entirely in terms of the defense versus offense, to me, relies on those three guys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Chiefs' interior offensive line: Creed Humphrey, Joe Tooney, Trey Smith. Phenomenal players, allowed three sacks combined all season. The edges are a little more susceptible, though. Uh, Orlando Brown, big name. He, he's struggled at times this year. I think Josh Sweat can get after him. And then Andrew Wiley on the right side. And he's interesting because, you know, I kind of look at the metrics before I go to the tape just so I know what I'm getting into. And he's ninth in ESPN's pass block win rate among offensive tackles. So I thought, okay, he's pretty good. And then I put on the tape. And I realized that Andrew Wiley wins the majority of his reps. And when he loses, he loses incredibly fast. And it has a very negative impact. He's given up nine sacks, 53 pressures, nine penalties. He's going to be matched up with Hassan Reddick, who, when he wins, wins incredibly fast and attacks the arm of the quarterback and makes high-impact plays. And so that's going to be the huge thing to me. Uh, is if that pass rush is able to get home and if they're able to finish. Uh, PFF has a pressure to sack ratio. How many, what percentage of your pressures turn into sacks? Patrick Mahomes only takes a sack on 10.5% of the plays in which he's pressured, which is the best in the league. And so it's going to be huge, not just to get pressure, but to finish. And I think you can do that. Patrick Mahomes' time to throw for the year was 2.89 seconds. It was 2.94 against Cincinnati and the Chiefs have the highest early down pass rate in the NFL so the Eagles mantra all season has been you have to earn the right to rush the passer against the Chiefs you're rushing the passer on first down I think you're going to be able to see the Eagles pin their ears back and get after Mahomes on first and 10 you don't have to get into third and eight the Chiefs are going to pass early they don't want to run the football yeah no I totally agree and like we said already please run the football um, I, I am begging you to run the football and take the hand, take the ball out of your hands uh, of the best quarterback in the world. Um, you mentioned the ten and a half percent number there. He's been sacked on just three point nine percent of the pass plays in general this season, which is the third lowest rate among quarterbacks. I, I don't know if, if you're able to break this game with the pass rush, but I do think you can get a couple big key plays. Um, and I said this already on the last pod. I don't think you're holding Mahomes under twenty four. Um, I think in most likelihood, you're not holding him under 28. But what you have to do is you have to hold him under 30. You have to hold him under 31. You have to hold him under whatever an added touchdown is onto whatever they're going to score. Because I do think it's going to be a close game. I do think it's going to be a shootout. Um, and I do think in those situations, we saw it in the Patriots Super Bowl. We, the defense was bad in that game. Tom Brady played maybe the best game of his career in that game. Like You can make that argument. At least he definitely played the best Super Bowl of his career in that game. But who cares about that? We don't remember that. What we remember is Brandon dropping a pass. That's true too. That's true. I was talking to someone about that. Like, I I think that that's been, that's going to be the part that gets lost to history. I think like the Philly special has endured history in a way that I don't even think I thought it would five years ago. 
Um, it is just like on the tip of everyone's tongue and so many highlights, even when the Eagles aren't um, in the, in the Super Bowl, like it's, it's still a talked about thing. And when someone runs a trick play like that in high school, it's the Philly special, even if it's not the exact same play, it's now just universally called Philly special on, on whatever. But I think it's going to be forgotten to history that they ran that play after Tom Brady dropped the pass in the same game. Like, I think that is so funny that like Doug watched Tom drop a pass and he's like, you know what? Nick won't drop it. Like we'll, we'll run it anyway. I, I think that will, I think people will forget about that part of that play. Yeah, absolutely. And I think on the last podcast, uh, birds of the round table, for those of you listening, it's a weekly Tuesday night Eagles round table podcast. Uh, it is not on podcasting apps, but it is on the YouTube, uh, mine, the painted lines, edge of Philly sports, wherever you're watching this. And, we do an Eagles Madden watch party while we break down the game every week with some other hosts. So uh, you can always check that out if you would like just a little what different a game, flavor. Boy. Yeah, what a game, by the way. No spoilers, but the Super Bowl was incredible uh, in that podcast. But I think you mentioned it, the, the sack percentage for the Eagles. Was that you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why don't you talk about that? Yeah, it's a, it's a crazy stat. They're, they sacked opposing quarterbacks on 11.5% of their pass plays, which is the highest mark of any defense since at least 2000, um, which I believe dates back to the 2000 Ravens is who that is dating back to. Uh, the difference in sack rate between the Eagles and the number two Patriots this season was the same as the difference between the number two Patriots and the number 29 Bengals. Um, so that is a staggering number there. And here's another one. I don't think I even brought this up uh, on the last pod. Their sack rate actually increases when they rushed four or fewer defenders, it goes from 11 and a half percent to 11.8 percent, which is just an insane, insane stat. Uh, stat. They but, eight total but Jonathan Gannon should blitz more. Am I right? That's what everybody uh, said on Twitter. Yeah. The funny thing about that is like the Gannon stuff. I've always been a blitz hater. Like I hate blitzing because <laughs> like, I just think you're you're open. You're opening yourself up to so many things that if you just have the personnel, you don't have to. Um, and I've always felt like that. Uh, but it's funny that I am not like the biggest Jonathan Gannon defender of all time. Then, like, I, it's something where I should have been defending him these last two years. Um, I think my issue with Gannon comes more in the secondary and the way that we play off the ball, but it goes hand in hand. I understand it. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. The Gannon hate at this point. If you're still hating Gannon after he drove up on broad street and rolled down the window and said we're gonna gut these guys then you just don't realize how philly this guy actually is yeah so we talked about the the pass rush for the eagles and the chiefs offensive line this is where Jarek mckinnon becomes a big threat out of the backfield i think if you want to neutralize a pass rush the ball's got to come out quick and mahomes is very capable of doing that when he needs to and Andy Reid is very capable of designing an incredible screen game uh, that takes the teeth out of a pass rush. If if you can get the Eagles guessing, did I beat my offensive lineman or did he let me go? You've got him in a place you want to be. So McKinnon out of the backfield as a release valve, as a screen guy, that's a big concern for me when the Chiefs are on the field. Uh, it's going to be really important for me that you know TJ Edwards, Kazir White, that they do a good job of sniffing those screens out and are able to rally and make tackles because uh, that is an underrated, very dangerous element of this Chiefs offense. They are going to screen us to death. Uh, I would say like there's going to be at least five screenplays from Kansas City 
in this game, if not way more. Uh, whether that be to Kelsey, whether that be to McKinnon, Pacheco, or receiver, I think they're going to mix it up. They're going to throw so many screen looks, and that's the way you probably should try to beat this Gannon defense, and that's the only way you probably can get a big play um, against this Gannon defense. I don't think you're going to get it by a 40-yard shot play. Um, so um, I think that that's going to be exactly what Kansas City does. And, you know, I think that that's the, the next place to go is Kelsey. Um, we, we have to talk about the Kelsey Bowl um, and, and Travis Kelsey. By the way, love Jason Kelsey. Love the New Heights pod. Um, maybe I'm just listening to way too much football content. I get it. They're brothers. You know, um, I'm good. <laughs> like, uh, I'm at the point this week where I'm like, you know what? Like, I don't want to hear about the Kelsey Bowl. Anymore. They even said on the podcast to stop calling it the Kelsey Bowl. I know, I know. So it's not their fault at all. Like they, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's the, and you know what? Like, who am I to blame the media? This is such a, such an insane, it is incredible. It, even though I'm annoyed about it, I'm willing to begrudgingly admit that it's pretty incredible that there's brothers that are probably the best player at their own respective positions um, in the last 20 years. And they're going against each other in the Super Bowl for a coach who drafted both of them. Um, there's, there's some cool aspects there, but I don't need the 20 minute segment every every single NFL show about the Super Bowl. We can talk about the actual game. Uh, that's yeah. my that's me being a nerd. But speaking hey, of the there are worse game, things media could talk about. I mean, you could ask yeah. a coach if the Ugh. Super Bowl was a must win game, or you could ask a coach which one of his 30 year old players Ugh. he would let date his five year old daughter. I mean, there's way worse things we could be asking and talking about in the media, I guess, but you have to be a nationally credentialed reporter to ask moronic questions like that. Guys with just a podcast, we don't talk about that stuff. The Super Bowl media day <laughs> is one of the biggest farces of all time. The questions that we're getting asked, it's like, it's terrible. I feel bad for the guys for having to sit through that nonsense. So yeah, you mentioned Travis Kelsey. Uh, Kelsey between the numbers specifically is huge to watch. 60% of his yards this season have come between the numbers and under 20 yards. And I think you see a little bit of the quarterback background with Kelsey that, you know, he, he will, there will be a route called and he reads the coverage out and knows it's not going to be open and he will break it off. And he and Mahomes, they just have a chemistry and they can do that. Now they'll be off sometimes and you'll see that, but more often than not, it, it works really well. And he's so good at finding spots in zones over the middle of the field, which is a problem for the Eagles who play zones over the middle of the field. And then on crossing routes, he's got 17.2 yards per uh, reception on crossing routes. So crossing routes over the middle of the field, that's the big thing, in my opinion, to worry about with Travis Kelsey. Yeah, Travis Kelsey's obviously um, the X factor of this entire game for the Chiefs. Uh, and I think if you're the Eagles, you have to come into this game defensively with basically one thing in mind, which is not letting Travis Kelsey beat you. Because if Travis, you can live with basically anything else. You can't live with giving up 14 catches for 160 yards and two touchdowns to Travis Kelsey, and that's why you lost the game. You've had two weeks to prepare. You have to come up with a wrinkle. You have to come up with something, some sort of way to contain him, to limit him. Maybe you don't shut him down, but you at least have to come up with a way to, to shut him down on third downs and to neutralize him to the best of your ability. And I think that's what they're going to do. I think they're going to say, you know what? We think your receivers stink. Try to beat us with Juju. Try to beat us with Tony. Try to beat us with Sky Moore. I think that they are going to double Travis Kelsey at times. They're going to bracket Travis Kelsey at times. 
and they're going to – I just think that you have to do whatever you possibly can to to try to slow him down. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and how you do that, it's hard to have a plan for because they will line Kelsey up yep. in the backfield. They will line him up in the slot, in line, out at the boundary, isolated receiver. They will motion him to get him free releases. I think you do want to try to be physical with him at the line of scrimmage as much as you can, which is not something that is the Eagles' defensive M.O. But I think you're going to see that in this game. I saw a lot of things that Jonathan Gannon did in the 49ers game that was very scheme-specific to the 49ers. I think we're going to see that uh, in this game. So it's crazy to me. Like Everybody expected the Chiefs' offense to take a step back this year. You lose Tyree Kill. And it didn't. Like their EPA per play went from 0.167 last year to 0.201 this year. That's a 20% increase. Like they literally lost the most explosive receiver in the NFL, and they had a better offense. They had more explosive plays this year than either of the last two years, despite Mahomes' average depth of target being lower. They have more yards after the catch this season than any team in the last 20 years. And so it's that screen game. It's Kelsey. Uh, it's all of that design stuff, and the Eagles have got to suss that out. They've got to tackle well. That's going to be a huge key in this game. Yeah, uh, tackling is definitely going to be huge, especially in the run game um, with Pacheco. So, um, yeah, I, I it's been two shows of me talking, and I'm starting to I'm starting to talk myself into feeling confident, which is a bad thing because I shouldn't because it's Patrick Mahomes, but. Um, I it really does feel like you can't be afraid of anyone else on this Chiefs offense other than Kelsey and obviously Mahomes, but that goes without saying. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know why I just had that like realization. I just that was weird. That was I just had like a weird little moment live on the air where I like had a a sense of confidence wave over me uh, about the Eagles defense. Um, but that's obviously if you're confident in the Eagles. It's because of the Eagles' defense, and it's because of the Eagles' pass rush, and it's because of the Eagles' depth uh, as a defense. So um, maybe I should just start saying the Eagles are going to win by three touchdowns. Well, I don't think I would encourage you to say that. So uh, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes has started 93 games in his career for the Chiefs, and the Chiefs have either either led the game or Oof. been within one score in the fourth quarter in 90 of the 93 games. Mark, can you guess the three games? You can get one for sure. The other two I doubt yeah. you get. But. The Tampa Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, the Patriots AFC Championship? No, the other two were both regular season games. It um, was 2021 Week 5 and Week 7. They had a little rough stretch against the Bills and the Titans. The Bills, so. yeah. Yeah, that so, makes sense. Yeah, you don't blow the Chiefs out. The Chiefs are going to be in a game. They're going to be in it to the end. And they're going to have a shot. And so I am I feel good about these matchups. There's no point in this game I would be comfortable. If the Eagles are up 17 with eight minutes left, I will be sweating bullets about this game. And I don't expect that to happen because I expect this to be a close game uh, down to the wire. Mahomes is 74-19, and 19, I think it is, um, <laughs> as a quarterback, which is just that's that win loss record will never be touched in terms of the first 92 games of someone's NFL career, 93, whatever it is of someone's NFL career. No one will ever win 74 of them. 
<laughs> yeah, that is just such an absurd stat, and I don't think it gets talked about enough. Um, but yeah, he is. Yeah, that's always going to be kind of the thing that I come back to anytime I do get a little bit a little bit confident in the Eagles is. You know, you should never feel confident against Patrick Mahomes. He's the best player to ever play the sport and obviously the best quarterback to play the sport. But the Eagles have a better roster pretty much everywhere else um, and besides the tight end. Another another fun stat is if you want to compare the quarterbacks in EPA per play plus completion percentage over expectation, Patrick Mahomes ranks first, Jalen Hurts ranks second. In EPA per play, Mahomes ranks first, Jalen Hurts ranks second. Like it's a battle, it's a clash of titans. And you talked about the rosters. This feels like a clash of styles, right? The Eagles are better at every position except quarterback and tight end. The, the Chiefs have the quarterback that every franchise wants. And they're paying him a half a billion dollars, just like every franchise would be happy to. And it comes at some costs. You have to trade Tyreek Hill. You lose guys in free agency. And that's why the Eagles have a better roster top to bottom. The Eagles have the roster that every team wants. You can't have the quarterback and the roster unless the quarterback's on a rookie deal. And so we see kind of a play out in philosophies here. The, the rookie quarterback window and the roster that comes with it, it is the best quarterback to ever play the game in both of our opinions against the Eagles roster that is too good to fail. And what I come back to as I look at this game is Hertz did not play his best game in the NFC Championship game. I would argue that was one of his worst games of the season, and the Eagles rolled the 49ers. Mahomes played on top of his game, and it was barely enough to get by the Bengals. And yeah, there's quarterback differences in who they were playing against. There's also reasons for that. Mahomes has to play at an elite level in this game for the Chiefs to have a chance. Jalen Hurts can play a B-level game. And the Eagles can be fine. And, and that gives me some comfort, too. The margins are bigger for the Eagles than they are for the Chiefs. Yeah. I mean, that's that goes without saying with the roster that, that they have and with how deep the roster is um, and with how many looks they can throw at you defensively um, with, obviously, the numbers game that we've talked about so many times on offense. So, um, are we are we near the the score prediction time? I guess we are. Lay it on me, Mark. Well, give me your score prediction. How is this game gonna go? I I've got thirty one thirty. I've got the Chiefs scoring to go up thirty to twenty eight with two or three minutes left, and I have Jalen leading us down the field for uh, like a forty forty five yard Jake Elliott field goal, um, and I think that'll be set up by a Jalen Hurts run that will go down in Philadelphia lure as you know his moment as his play uh some little 20 yard run from the from the from the 50 to the 30 uh that puts us in field goal range or whatever the case may be um but yeah i think that it's going to be really close and i think it's going to come down to the very last minute and i just have this this weird feeling that it's it's coming on a game winner i don't know if that's a touchdown with a couple minutes left i don't know if that's a field goal as time expires i don't know if the touchdown with 20 seconds left whatever the case may be I think there will be a game-winning play from the Eagles in this game. All right, I got to ask you: when the when the Chiefs score to go up thirty to twenty-eight, are they kicking an extra point to go up by two instead of going for two to get up by three? Ooh, that's a good question. That's a good question. Um, is this is this does this we are we talking after this game about Andy Reid bungling a should have gone for two situation? 
No, you know what? I'm actually going to correct myself. I'm going to say it's 28-27 and the Chiefs kick a field goal that maybe they should have went for it on a fourth and three on like the okay. 25. They kick a field goal to go up two, leave us too much time and we go down. That's All so right. specific, w- but whatever. That, that would be a nice flip the script if Jalen Hurts is the one who's left too much time instead of Patrick Mahomes as we've seen so many times uh yeah so i i I would i would love that i would take like three years off of my life watching that (laughs) i I prefer if the eagles just win 38 to 7 let's just keep the bit alive to be honest run the philly special uh get jason kelsey a touchdown so he scores more than travis kelsey like let's do all the things uh because this game's over at halftime but that's not gonna happen uh it's gonna be a great game all the way through i really do think it's gonna be a great game um, I'm taking Eagles 31-27. I have more confidence in the Eagles coaching staff. I have more confidence in their roster. And though I don't have more confidence in their quarterback, because let's be honest, that would be absurd. Their quarterback does not have to play his best game to win this game, and Patrick Mahomes does. And I don't know if Mahomes can do that against this pass rush, against this defense. So I think a lot of points are going to be scored. I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's the type of game where kicking a field goal, uh, getting that key sack to get off the field is going to decide this game. Like It's going to feel like you're out of this game if you get down 10 points. So I say Eagles 31-27. That's my final score prediction. Yeah, we have a comment from Swope. Uh, I appreciate him for commenting. But Eagles will not win if it's high scoring. Definitely no chance to win a high scoring game. Yeah, the number two offense in DVOA has no chance to win a high scoring game. I disagree with that a lot. I think that they can absolutely win any type of game. Um, I think that they've shown that for the entire season. Um, but an I, inter- think, I think you could make an argument that a high-scoring game would favor the Eagles because the Eagles have a much better defense, and so it would give a shot. You know, the, the more possessions there are, the more chance there is for your defense to get that big play. Yep. But you can also just flip that script and say you'd love to play Eagles brand of football and keep the ball out of Mahomes' hand and pound the rock and play good defense. And so I don't think there's an unfavorable game script for the Eagles unless they get behind and then they have to start airing it out and abandon the running game. But you'd have to be behind by quite a bit to abandon the run early in the game, and I don't think that's going to happen. And I've got a couple. I've got a couple gambling reasons as to why the Chiefs are not going to win this game. Um, obviously, so the I don't know if you know this, but the Eagles opened as a two point underdog in this game, and that quickly changed. Uh, the the betters came in and hammered the Eagles uh, to the point where they are now one and a half point favorite. In 18 times that the Super Bowl line has moved more than one and a half points, the team that the line moves in favor of is 16 and two outright, and the favored team has won. 36 of the 56 Super Bowls. Um, also, another reason here, the Chiefs are the worst against the spread team in Super Bowl history. In the 56-year history of the Super Bowl, no team has won the Super Bowl with less than a 40% against the spread win percentage entering the playoffs. The Chiefs have a 35% cover rate. They're actually the worst against the spread team to ever even make the Super Bowl. The three previous teams who appeared in a Super Bowl with a cover rate below 40% all lost by at least 10 points. Just a fun little fact. Good teams win, great teams cover. Exactly right, Shane. Exactly right. 
All right. Well, Mark, you're the gambling expert here. Do you have any other prop bets or any uh, any other gambling takes you want to fire off here? Yeah, I won't give the reason behind them because uh, I don't want to take up too much time. We we have done like two and a half hours of podcasting now, so there's a lot of voice of mine to be heard. And I think I gave the reason on the last show. Uh, but my favorite ones are minus 115 for the Chiefs to call the first time out. A lifetime of watching Andy Reid has prepared me for that. Um, I like the Eagles team total over 25 and a half. Um, I, I think that they've done it in six of their last nine games. Um, and I like Jalen Hurts anytime touchdown. There are other ones. Uh, actually, I'll throw this one out there since we didn't talk about this one on either. I like Quez under one and a half catches. And I like Quez Watkins under 13 and a half yards. Um, his snaps went up in the NFC Championship game from the Giants game. So he was not as phased out of the offense. But I still don't think he was anything that they were game planning for. I don't think that he will be a big part of the game plan this week. Um, I think it's going to be Brown, Smith, Goddard, Gainwell, uh, well before we get to the quizzes of the world. All right. Well, I think that is going to about wrap up our Super Bowl preview show. Uh, Mark, I just gave you the floor for some gambling takes, but do you have any other final thoughts that you want to get out there? Uh, anything you want to plug? The floor is yours, my friend. Uh, yeah. Um, Thursday, uh, I will be all over Fox Sports The Gambler on iHeartRadio. Um, I'm always there on Saturday, 11 to 1, the talk of a radio show. But Thursday, we have something called the Prop Bowl. Um, Sean Brace, John Jansen, uh, I, Victor Williams might even be there, um, to be honest. I know he was on their, their Super Bowl thing today. Uh, he does a lot of stuff with The Gambler. That's uh, Shane's co-host on the EPA. Um, he might be there. Uh, Mark Drumheller will be there. Uh, a lot of the g- contributors from The Gambler who do things from a gambling perspective uh, will be there to talk about some of the props that I just gave out. Um, so those will, will be some of the stuff that we talk about. But Thursday, I'll be on at 5.30 with Sean Brace on The Daily Ticket and then from 7 to 9 on The Prop Bowl. Uh, that's I think that's, I think that's all I got, though. All right. Uh, for my final thought here, I'll address one more comment here from Swope. Uh, talking about the Chiefs will go up tempo, won't let the Eagles get off the field uh, or sub, so they'll tire out their pass rush. Um, I just don't think that's true. Uh, the Chiefs were dead last in the league in no huddle rate this season. It's just not something that yeah. they do very much. Mm-hmm. And even if they were to do that, the Eagles, you do that to tire out pass rushers. It doesn't necessarily work if the next drive you can stick in a whole new defensive line. And so I don't think there's much chance of that particular thing happening. Now, they may try to go more tempo, but it's not going to result in the Eagles pass rush getting gassed. I just don't see that happening. And incom- like a penalty or an incompletion completely like ruin that strategy. So, um, yeah, will they try to do that? Maybe I don't even think the Eagles are the team I would try to do that against, really, because they have so many options. I get like I get that the point is to not let them get the options in there. Um, yeah. But like like you said, they can just do it the next drive. So, yeah, yeah. I, it's not that I don't that's not too big of a factor for me. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Mark, we did it. This is the ever elusive like our podcast. We've talked <laughs> about it for years. It just took the Eagles making a Super Bowl and us having one game to talk about. Uh, to get there so uh, for my final i think we took longer previewing rams bengals last year (laughs) i'd have to go back and look we might have um for my final thoughts i will just mention i've got a couple cool projects coming down the pipe uh that i'll be announcing on chalk talk shortly some draft stuff some other things so 
Uh, you guys be on the lookout for that. I'll tweet it out. Uh, I'll talk about it on Chalk Talk. Chalk Talk is not going anywhere. Mark and I will be here throughout the offseason talking draft, talking uh, NFL storylines, doing all kinds of ridiculous creative content like drafting all under 25 teams, all that sort of stuff. So we'll be with you guys through the offseason. Uh, keep it tuned here. Uh, Chalk Talk is out on all podcasting platforms now except for Google Podcasts because it's garbage, but should be out there in the next couple of weeks. If you encounter an issue with one of the feeds, please let me know so I can get that corrected. I had somebody reach out and tell me that on Podbean, uh, the feed was not working right, and I would have never noticed that, but I was able to get that fixed. So you guys let me know if you see that. Uh, And thank you all for joining us for episode 92 of Chalk Talk. Appreciate you guys that dropped into the comments, those of you watching on YouTube later or listening on podcasting platforms. If you enjoy what you heard on the show, and we know that you do, Be sure you smash that subscribe button, turn on notifications so you don't miss the next episode. Drop us a five-star rating and review. That helps us get it out there to other people. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter. I am at half and half underscore TPL. He is at Mark Henry Jr. From me, from Mark, from the Painted Lines, we will see you guys next time on a Super Bowl victory celebration show. Go Birds. Go Birds.